This time on episode 491 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Loki season two, episode six, Glorious Purpose, and weekly Marvel Studio news, including work stoppage over actors make deal with studios after 118 days. I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a S.H.I.E.L.D. debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. And now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. The show is recorded on Saturday, November 11th, 2023. Happy Veterans Day to those that have served. We're live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast from uh, Timeline Tree of Life or something like that wide. Come and join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't already catch on to it, we likes talking about the Marvels. Because of spending way, way too long in school. If you'd like to talk to us about your very extensive time learning physics, you can find us at our website, legendsofshield.com. You can talk about your time with physics on our voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. It's 844-843-2871. If you have some really cool physics diagrams, especially of things that don't exist yet, but could exist, or they might exist already, but don't anymore, but could again, then come join our Discord server, gunnageek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. And to address the... Well, uh, I, I'm not going to call to call it <laughs> elephant. To address the person in the room, Lauren is back after a hiatus of at least five weeks. Yay! I'm so glad to be back! Yes, and this is because of something that we'll talk about later with the strike and the work stoppage being over and stuff like that, but it's great to have Lauren back. You are approved to be on the podcast by the union, correct? Yes. All right. Ah. I'm so glad to be back. SP, though, you've made the elephant in the room sad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't address the elephant in the room. I addressed the person in the room. Yeah, but now the elephant's feeling lonely and excluded. So I have to address the Okay. Elephant in the room. Welcome back to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have a season finale. It's series finale, I would gather say, of Loki to talk about. We've all watched it, I'm guessing, multiple times. You guys ready to talk about it? Yes. Yes. Yes, so much. Here we go. Loki season two finale, episode six, Glorious Purpose, premiered on Disney Plus on November 9th, 2023. Michelle, I'm certain, I'm positive that there is some sort of description available somewhere about the episode 
Yes, according to Disney Plus, Gloria's Purpose. Loki learns the true nature of Gloria's purpose as he rectifies the past in this gripping finale. All right, first thoughts. We'll let Lauren go first since she has not been here at all. So I thought that was a really beautiful ending. I don't know how to feel about this yet, but I do know it's better the second time you watch it. I think this was a great ending to a fun series overall, but the overall importance of the greater MCU is still to be determined. What indeed was this show's, the entire series, glorious purpose? That is still my question after watching it. And to get to that, we're going to start talking about the time loop. Now, a lot of us have seen a lot of great time loop episodes and movies out there. Groundhog Day, of course, is the big one that everybody remembers, but there's a lot in Star Trek. There's stuff in Stargate. There's just a lot of great time loop episodes. And I believe at some point in time, I have gone through a list of all the time loop episodes that are out there. And uh, we kind of ranked them, racked and stacked. I'll have to find that in our back feeds. But let's start talking about this one. Michelle, you brought this to our attention first this morning. So I know you're just chomping at the bit to talk about it. So let's talk about time loops. Is this a true time loop episode? We start with him, Loki, trying to get the thing into the thing and launched into the loom. And he's like, let's do this again faster and faster and faster. And that's a time loop. And then he goes and he learns science for a while. And then he goes loop after loop trying to kill Sylvie. And then there's another basically loop of him with he's talking to Mobius. And then there's another loop of him coming back. So it's not like Groundhog Day because Groundhog Day was one day looped. This is like a big loop, but there's little loops inside of little loops inside of other loops inside of a bigger loop, which is inside of a bigger loop. Right? I mean, if anything, I would say this is a time loops episode. Emphasis on the plurality there. Like, if all you had was Victor Timely going out again and again and again and again, then yeah, you've got your time loop, like you said. But the fact that he goes further, different points in time, not quite as far this time, goes and talks to people about completely different things, picks up where he left off last time, I think the importance of a time loop is you're you're trying to do the same thing over and over. And especially when you get to him trying to learn the physics, he's trying to pick up, presumably he's trying to pick up where he left off instead of learning the same concept over and over and over for what we are told is literally centuries. So that part really reminds me of Stargate SG-1, where we go from something about magnets to Jack O'Neill learning all about the things so they can just get it done. Without, you know, okay, here's what we know. Where can you go from here? It starts off as your kind of traditional time loop, but then with the added just hopping various places along Loki's personal timeline, it becomes something slightly different. Loki is the crux of this whole thing. First of all, the series named after Loki. Second of all, he's the one who has to, I don't want to say sacrifice himself, but put himself 
in the middle of all the time streams to keep everything going so that his friends can survive. This is all about him and his friend. He doesn't really care about anybody else, I would think. He's really caring about his friends and Sylvie. And he needs to replace the time loom. He needs to destroy it in order to give everybody a chance. But once he's destroyed it, he figures out he needs to replace it so that he can give all these branched timelines life. And I think that is the purpose of this whole series. My problem is you don't even need it. You don't need to explain this stuff away. You just need to say it's a multiverse and we have multiple copies of everybody running around. You don't need the show in order to do that. At the end, you do get Sylvie. You do get Ramona Renslayer. I think, Chris, your theory is still valid. We'll talk about that later. And Sylvie's a variant of Loki. So they might be used in future MCU projects. But other than that, I, I just don't see the purpose of the show. This purpose is to give an actor who has been playing Loki for over a decade a chance to finish this arc. These two seasons of Loki is a masterclass in acting and being able to dig your teeth into a role without chewing scenery. This is what's interesting. Tom Hiddleston was like, yes, I'm Loki, but was able to share the screen with everyone else and give everyone else their moment. This is someone who's been dedicated to the MCU for so long and has loved Loki for so long. I do think part of this series was to, one, give the multiverse life so they don't have to, you know, they can kill he who remains and justify the war if you want to come back and watch this. You don't have to. But it's also to give Loki an into the arc and Tom Hiddleston that magnificent look on his face at the end that says so much. And I've seen rumors of people thinking that this could be leading to multiversal Avenger stuff. And so this is a way to have Loki in universe finish that arc and he can be a leader on any kind of multiversal Avenger team that might be coming. There was already a reality though. This is better than I'd what argue they that had. it's better. Yeah. I Scott and I were talking about it yesterday. We ended up just binging it all day yesterday. I was talking about it before we started. Things have been really busy here. I'd argue this does a much better job of introducing the multiverse than Doctor Strange did. And it does a much better job of explaining what a threat Kang is than Quantumania did. And part of that is we get more time with it. And also, yeah, part of that is Tom Hiddleston. We talked back in season one about how at some point while they were filming, he ended up doing basically a two hour masterclass on the character of Loki to the crew. This is a guy who, he's a good actor just in general, not in the MCU, but with the chance to take this character who is not only a comics character, but a mythological being, which I want to address more about that later, and add that to his inherent Shakespeare nerdiness, and you get this 
really interesting character study of somebody who people liked throughout the series or throughout all of the MCU because in part Tom Hiddleston was putting so much thought into him and you could see that he's playing the drama he's playing the humor he's not afraid to just kind of be a little ridiculous while he's doing it which is fun but this is made by somebody who very much believes in this character and Loki's potential for change. And because it's made with that in mind, and because especially season two was written and directed by a lot of the behind the scenes people, I think you get this added layer of care in there that isn't quite as subject to as much of the the Marvel meddling as say Quantumania and Doctor Strange were. And I think that authenticity is going to be something that remains long after the show's over. So Lauren, you said you binged it. Did you binge season one or just season two? Just season two. Okay. I, I had just meant to watch like an episode, but my neck was feeling really bad, so I couldn't do much more than be on the couch. And I think that also might explain my reaction compared to the watching it week by week. Like, I could really see how the story was forming together, like, pretty tightly, I thought. It helped the three of us to rewatch season one before going into season two, because it had been over two years since season one. The pandemic cut the production in half. They stopped the production, and then they only released the first six episodes. This was meant, I believe, to be a 10, 12-episode series to begin with. and. They revamped it to be what it was with a mix in the middle. So first of all, I think at the end, watching season one before you watch season two, if it's been a while, you definitely need to do that. Number two, if you have a chance to binge it all the way through, if you haven't seen it, I think is really good. And then number three is that it is meant to be more of an extended movie or a mini series than a week to week serial. And I think if you watch it that way, you get more enjoyment out of it because the way things were, it almost was too disjointed and led yourself to too much confusion. I mean, you're talking about complex issues to begin with, and they're trying to simplify it. And to be able to just absorb all of it at once, I think would be much, much better than watching it week to week like we did for this podcast. It's just my opinion. I also think that the two-year hiatus was definitely a detriment to the show. And I'm wondering if the MCU itself would have benefited for this all to have been together in the 2019 through 2020 timeframe. I would argue that, yeah, probably it would have done better at that timeframe just so that, I mean... I liked Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and I liked Quantumania, but I haven't gone back and rewatched them. This is one I think I would rewatch just to pick up on more of the hints that were dropped, some of the references that I missed. I think that if we had just done Multiverse and Done, now we have a multiverse with this show, that some of the missteps from the more recent movies could have been avoided. I mean, season one had Sif in it. How, this, Sif makes everything better. 
Of course. It's hard to argue. Loki has to make some big decisions as he's looking in here. I, I've already alluded to the, what the decisions actually were, but him getting to those decision points took a long time. There was a the whole time loop thing, some of the conversations that he had. So, Michelle, what were these decisions? What were these conversations like? He first had those conversations with he who remains, learning more about time. He had to have the conversation with Sylvie, and Sylvie's like, no, I'm not just going to give you the green card to go kill me. Not going to do it. But the most meaningful one, which is with Mobius, and I think thematically it had to be with Mobius. Mobius talks about the big picture, about how life at the TVA isn't comfortable. It's not easy to go out and prune. He talks about how he hesitated pruning an eight-year-old boy and the ramifications that happened. And it makes some of the comments Renslayer made about how she cleaned up a lot of his messes make more sense. We only know particular sides of Renslayer, but learning that she had to clean up that mess for him really puts their relationship into another light. But Mobius is like, you have to live with the burden of tough choices. And he finally says, you have to choose your burden. And that conversation, you can see it in Hiddleston's performance where all the light bulbs turned in. And he realized that his burden, his glorious purpose is going to be the burden of making himself into some sort of tree time god everything about that conversation with mobius i think was exactly what loki needed to hear to be able to get things done a lot of times the right decision on something is not going to be the popular decision it's not going to be what's best for you but loki has to spend the time thinking what's going to be the best option to keep the entire multiverse alive and you know since he's decided that's what needs to happen then he's gonna need to go and sacrifice himself for all of that and it's almost like he was asking mobius for permission to be able to do that without asking for permission because i don't get the idea that mobius would have told him to go do that but mobius is going to tell him to make the right decision and pick a burden he can live with. So something that I kept in mind through watching this whole thing is we're not watching the Loki that we all came to know and love on the movies, the one where he had all that character growth and then sacrificed himself for his brother. This is Loki immediately post Avengers where he actually says, and I looked up the exact line where he says, is this not simpler? Is this not your natural state? It's the unspoken truth of humanity that you crave subjugation. So we go from that Loki through him, you know, basically having his ego completely broken down in season one when he sees how ultimately tiny he is in the scope of things to him actually starting to make friends on his own and to where he ends up at the end of this. So. We go from that Loki, Battle of New York Loki, the one 
who wants the throne and wants to rule and isn't free will such a burden to Loki literally sacrificing himself so that all timelines can have free will. And he gets his throne. But after two seasons of saying, I really don't want to be alone, I found friends. This actually means something to me, to him being like ultimately alone. It very much reminds me there's an anime that Madoka Magica, this reminds me a lot of that anime and that whole sacrificing yourself so that the people you care about have this chance. And it plays out in a lot of ways like a Greek tragedy. So you're absolutely right. This is the Loki after the Avengers that kind of backdoored some of his character development in the MCU by having him sit down and review his whole timeline up to the point where Thanos kills him in the MCU. So while he hasn't lived it himself, he's viewed himself through the years already in the TVA because, you know, time is meaningless in the TVA. So he's seen everything while it's not the same. At least he has viewed his own progression through time. And maybe some of that affected him as well. But I think the biggest thing that affected him in this, this means something to me that you were saying, Lauren, Lauren, is the fact that in order for him to change things, he would have had to have killed his variant. And he did not want to kill her, he did not want to kill Sylvie whatsoever. So, as you were watching it, Chris, you had an interesting conversation with your co-watcher. Yes, I was watching this with Kaylee, and, you know, like I always do, and she just completely on her own, when Loki time slips back to trying to stop Sylvie from killing Kang, she just looks over at me and says, this better not make the whole season here not have happened. Which doesn't surprise me at all because she does not like at all when you get like Mario 2 and it was all a dream or, you know, giant dream seasons in large portions of a series or anything like that where what you're watching really did have absolutely no bearing on what's going to be happening in the future. That is something that I also started to get scared about at that time. I'm like, no, we just had this amazing show. Don't undo it. And I'm incredibly glad that they found a way to have that moment of, okay, maybe I can stop it here, but actually keeping everything that we've seen as having happened. Yeah, it's important for him to go through that over and over again so he can learn how to pause time and step outside of time and look and there is that one moment with he who remains and he sees it and he goes i need to change the equation you also have to think about too there's version of comics loki where as the god of stories he can just completely write what he wants to have happened and that's not what they did here. Whether they made him the god of stories or not, it's kind of up for debate, but they didn't have him completely unwrite everything that happened that went wrong here in this series. So speaking of that, something, okay, something that annoys me in the particularly Thorverse stuff in the MCU is whenever they 
forget, hey, these are the Norse gods. Like, that's why I really loved the what are you, the god of hammers thing in Thor 2 or Thor 3. And I loved so much that they actually remembered in the show, hey, this is the god of mischief, of magic, of stories. Towards the end, I was joking, oh my God, he's going to be the god of time. And then, yeah, he kind of is. So, this kind of the moment where it all clicked for me was towards the end where Loki realizes, oh, this is what I need to do. And he starts grabbing the branches and they keep making reference branches, branches, branches. Where does Loki end up in Norse mythology? He's trapped at the base of Yggdrasil alone. Well, he has his wife in the myths. But he's trapped at the base of Yggdrasil. So the second that happened, I was just like, oh, no, but also, yay. Another character that may or may not have come to a fitting end is Ramona Renslayer. She's basically been pruned and goes to the end of time and is sitting in a field on top of the runes of the, I think, the castle or it could have been the Time Variant Association, the TVA. But there's a pyramid in the background. I think, Chris, we have to discuss this at this point in time. Your theory. Lauren, I don't think, has heard this theory. So (laughs) please regale Lauren of your theory. So to put it very, very simply and bluntly, Renslayer is a Kang variant. You know? So we do see with Loki that he really only starts to have feelings when he meets his own variant. And we know that Renslayer has feelings for he who remains. I can see it. I know that's a really tenuous thing right there, but no, it's, I can see that. The moment Chris said that, I believe two episodes ago on the podcast, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. It, re- it made so much sense. And I thought we were going to go there for the revelation because Miss Minute says at one point in time, I have a secret to tell you. And that was the end of episode four, I believe. And I was thinking, oh, it means that you are a variant. Miss Minutes didn't go that far. She just said you were instrumental in helping him win the time war. And that is true. I, she led the army, but I think she led the army as a co thing. And remember, all their memories got wiped, too. She's also the only member of the core team at the TVA that we've been introduced to that we didn't see as a variant, like as their real lives. Right. So I think it's Ooh. still on the table. No, we did. What was did she? We? A teacher or something. It's in the first season. Okay. But it doesn't mean she's not a Kang variant because Kang variants existed all different timelines and were doing different things. Victor Timely himself was a variant, right? Right. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. There's too many of them. Loki can't stop them. Everybody can be a Kang variant. But I believe very, very strongly that Renslayer is a main Kang variant. And that is why Marvel hasn't said anything to us about it, because they don't want to have to lie to us. Yep, pretty sure that you are... Correct there, Chris. I will give you all credit. And I, after you gave that theory, I searched the internet a little bit. I didn't see it anywhere. So while the theory has proliferated to different people picking up on it or hearing the podcast and picking up on it, I haven't seen anybody else prior to you saying that on the internet. You know, if 
If we replace Jonathan Majors with Gugum Bathara, I wouldn't be too upset at this point. We were toying with that over the last couple episodes, and it's a possibility, but I looked into the standing of the legal case right now, and it still isn't solved, still hasn't run its course, so it's like, I don't know if they're willing to go there or not. Let's be real, they kept Jeremy Renner after his whole thing, so... Yeah, unless somebody's asking for more money, it doesn't seem like they're going to boot him out. Mm-hmm. All right. What else happened there, Michelle? We didn't get an end credits scene. Nope. I even looked for that, that little thing that Chris found out after where it says, what, what is it, game over, ha 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 ha, or something like that? Yeah, it was something like, game over, you loser. The loser was the part that really stuck with me. Yeah, so we didn't get that at the end here. So what we're talking about is if you go back at least to last episode, I didn't check them all, and listen to after the English credits. So they have the scenes of everybody floating through, and then there's the English credits. You have to watch until after the English credits to hear that right before it goes to the foreign credits. So it's a soundbite. There's no video to it. It says that. It was not in this. There was no post-credit scene either. Yeah, the only thing I can really think of is in that episode, there was that game of the Zaniac. They're hanging out, and there's a shot of the Zaniac arcade box. Oh, yeah? Arcade cabinet, yeah. Okay. All right. But we also didn't go back and check and see if there was anything similar at the end of any of the other episodes. Yeah. No, I did not. I forgot. I was very wrapped up in the story at the time. I'll agree with you guys. The acting here, and we said it at the end of season one, the acting was really, really good. Even Owen Wilson came through with uh, elevated performance, in my opinion. Right. So I think it's worth watching. I don't, I still don't know what the effect is going to be for the entire, the MCU. And I have not seen the Marvels yet. And I realized it just came out, what, two days ago, right? And I realized yes. that there's two characters in the Marvels that came out, at least two characters, that came out of the MCU Disney Plus series. So there seems to be more of an acceptance in the MCU films of the series, but it's been pretty limited. That said, okay, so I did see it. I'm going to say three things that are not spoilers. One. Do not expect the Secret Invasion tie-in, which I ended up being very thankful for. Yeah. Two, there is no actual shawarma scene. There's the mid-credits, and then there's a fun little thing at the end, but it's not an actual scene. And three, it has the best musical cue of um, any movie in like the last five years, I think. Even, even better than the Battle on the Rainbow Bridge? It's close for me. <laughs> okay. I can't wait to talk about it with y'all. But yeah. At no spoilers. None of that was spoilers. I had a lot of fun. Speaking of musical cues, though. Yes. You do have a fifth of Beethoven played here as they start doing all of the Victor Timely loop happenings, which works so well. One, because just musically, the piece works with going back and doing all the loopy stuff. But also, Beethoven himself has said that the entire point of his fifth symphony especially those opening notes there is fate knocking 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 at the bedroom door 
while there's no bedroom here that we see in the TVA. I also probably mix things up there, and he just said it's knocking at the door, but I've had Poe in my head for a while. Did you watch Follow the House of Usher, too? Maybe. <sighs> Gotta talk about it later. I mean, you started this whole thing about Loki doing the centuries of a PhD and, and multiple avenues of physics and everything. And, you know, the dude is very, very, very smart. He's a god. And, we, you know, we alluded to it when they were talking about the, the box shrinking machine, right? That we didn't think he knew how to actually work that. And he just figured it out on the fly, right? So he's figuring out all this stuff and internalizing it. So not only is he a god stuck in this tree with all the branches of timelines rolling through there, but he also fundamentally understands everything at a scientific level now. So I was looking up, I was going to IMDb to look up a piece of trivia about here's some other references that were brought into this episode about like dealing with time and growth and stuff. I completely forgot that the very first episode of season one was also called glorious purpose just like this one so first of all that's an ouroboros right there and also it's a nice little callback in the kind of mocking glorious purpose of where he's at in the first one when he's still oh i'm i'm a god you puny whatever and then here where he's actually like no wait i i have a purpose and it's not it's not glorious, like in terms of bringing me personal glory, but it's glorious in terms of the scope of it. Now, I was watching the final scenes the second time through, and when Mobius goes back to take a look at himself in the timeline, you know, Joe with the, the dealer for the jet skis, whatever, I noticed something the second time around, which I believe was intentional. There's no car or truck in the driveway. And I believe that's intentional to try to make it a little bit more timeless and to be obscure as to what timeline it's actually on. You know, the jet skis themselves are, are you know, set in time and, and place and whatever, but there's no car in the driveway. I believe, I mean, you could speculate like he's down on his luck, he had to sell the cars, whatever, but I think it was intentional not to have a car in the driveway for that reason. So the reference I was making was when Loki's like, we die with the dying, we're born with the dead. And he who remains is like, uh-huh. That's a line from a T.S. Eliot poem called Little Getting. And the poem's main themes are time and redemption, which themes shared with the show. All right. Well, I think we're closing in on the end here. So any last thoughts, Chris, I'll start with you. No matter what the impact is on the greater MCU here, this is a series along with WandaVision that I don't care. I'm just going to go back and watch them because they're fun. And there are so many things that I probably missed and kind of arrested development style. I can watch it looking for hidden things and not try to remember the overall plot because I know the overall plot. So definitely go back and watch both of those just to find out secret little things that I missed the first time. I wonder what this would be like if you binge one and two together i wonder if it would be better and more cohesive and a more enjoyable time i think part of this was going week after week after week and watching this by itself the first time i wasn't a fan watching it again i did become a fan because it 
was better the second time around. And then after talking about it, I've become even more of a fan of this finale. I think this is going to be one that I revisit in the future. Like Chris said, this and WandaVision and Miss Marvel, honestly, are, I think, the most watchable of the MCU stuff currently. And this has, I mean, it has the humor. It has the emotion. It has the tie-in, if that's what you're looking for. It's just, it was an excellent character study. I'm also going to be looking for more things that they hid, whether that thing is, here is, you know, how this ties into the larger story, or just, here's a small mythological reference that I missed that just kind of adds to the character of Loki. The actors were all amazing. The actual writing itself was very tightly done. In binging it, I think they might have approached it more like they would have a novel, honestly, where you have the defined start and end. Each chapter is its own chapter. And yeah, I'm, I'm sad that I wasn't here to talk about it weekly with y'all, but it's a good binge. And just to be clear, you not being here was not your choice. You be, no. not being here was just following the rules of the union of which set the rules over podcasts, which you found out in writing from them. And then they distributed something after that. Cause I'm yes. assuming a lot of people were asking the same sorts of questions that you were. So a couple of things for me, first of all, Chris, you mentioned going back to rewatch and, and in the background or whatever, I think coming up here, I'm going to rewatch Hawkeye because it is holiday themed. So in a couple of weeks, I'll actually bring that up and watch it in the background just because the theme of the season and it'll be nice to see Florence Pugh and everybody else on the screen again. That'll, that'll be fun, I, especially since we're going to be coming up on Echo sometime in the spring once they get their reshoots or finish shooting or, or whatever they got to get done with that. Uh, January 10th is the date they currently have listed. Currently. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's going to slip, but we'll see. And then if you want to hear somebody else talk about this on the gunnageek.com network, there is smoking and drinking in capes. They've already done a podcast of the first three episodes of the second season. They're going to be releasing the three episodes of the, the, the latter half of the season in one episode coming up in two weeks. So you can listen to them as well. And independently, as best as I can determine, Jason over on Smoking and Drinking in Capes came up with the same theory that Chris did. I believe independently, but Chris definitely came out with it first. So way to go, That just Chris. means I'm right because he's smart. He's smart. He's going for a PhD in case you didn't know. <laughs> So I'm not sure I'm going to rewatch Loki itself. I might if some of these characters pop up again, but I'm not sure I'm going to rewatch it. It was a nice watch through this time. It was unexpectedly a little bit more entertaining. Had a lot of questions through it, but we'll see. Now, next time we will be talking about the Marvels, the movie that just premiered a couple of days ago. So if you haven't had a chance to go out and watch it, please go out and watch it. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Get us your thoughts on it. And then, that will be the final episode that I will be on in 2023. I leave it open to my wonderful co-hosts if they want to podcast on something. I'm guessing we'll come back with What If in January before we talk about Echo, but we'll have to discuss that at a later date. And they are more than welcome to podcast on anything in between now and then. So the Marvels next week, last SP podcast of 2023 before we return in 2022. 
Now, in the meantime, we do have some news that uh, is actually the reason that Lauren is here. So we're going to discuss that right now. All right, for all those that didn't know, the SAG after a work stoppage is over. I, I'll hesitate to say the strike is over because they haven't actually ratified it. Now, the, the way the WA portion of the strike went is they did ratify the agreement. So the work stoppage turned into the end of the strike. So after 118 days, the actors are cleared as of Thursday, two days ago, oddly enough, the day that Loki season final premiered, that everybody could return to work at noon. I'm sure there was some reason why it was noon, but anyway, it is over the main contention of AI and revenue sharing and streaming. We haven't seen the actual agreements. We do know that this agreement is only good for three years. So this will have to either be renegotiated or re-upped in three years. So Lauren, you're the most affected by all this. So how do you feel about this? I am happy mostly because it means that I get to be back here and I've really, really missed y'all. I'm also obviously really happy that with the terms of the deal that are being shown, the day before the strike was declared suspended, my agency sent us out an email with like the particulars of the AI stuff that they were going to be working on the next morning. And the, the head of our agency what Tiana Jackson was very, very excited about. She's like, look, this is the first AI thing here that they've shown that I haven't hated. So here's some of the details on what this in particular means. Here's what it means for contracts, things like that. And we'll see what happens. So I am not actually currently SAG-AFTRA. However, I'm eligible and hoping to join. The one thing that I was kind of tentative on for not joining or for going, it's called FICOR, which is you are, you are technically in the union, but you can't vote, was because I want to work on some indie audiobook projects. But I went to a conference recently. There's a whole procedure for how to do that. So, yes, hoping to join, fingers crossed, next year. Mostly, I'm really glad for the precedent. I'm glad that rates are being increased, residuals are being addressed, the hair and makeup situation is being addressed. For those who don't know what that means, there tends to be a problem with makeup artists who only know one skin tone, basically, the skin tone that most resembles mine, as opposed to, I've, I've heard, so I follow Nicole Byer who, if you don't know, she's the host of things like Nailed It. She's on Wipeout on TBS. She's one of the co-hosts there with John Cena. She's an actress who's been in a bunch of stuff, and she's darker skinned, and she frequently has to provide her own makeup and her own wigs because people, the people that are provided don't know how to work with darker skin tones or differently textured hair. This was actually something that I saw at my sister's wedding this past weekend. One of the bridesmaids is black and pretty dark skinned. And she was like, okay, so the makeup lady you hired, does she know how to do dark skin? And it turned out, yes, it's, she's still like, she was like, yeah, I would have preferred my sister do it, but you know, this could have been worse. 
So yes, this is a problem because knowing how to do that makeup on dark skin, have it show up correctly on film, it's a whole thing and it's been a problem. So between that, between the AI provisions, which include, and let me pull it up. So I'm looking at the sag after thread. They have a whole bunch of points on their Twitter account. In regards to the AI stuff, it is, if I remember right, if it, it's an informed consent thing, you can choose to have your face, your voice, whatever scanned, but you will be paid for that as if you were present that day doing the work, which I think is fair. I think I've been vocal in the past. I don't have a problem if people okay their voice being used for a thing like James Earl Jones giving the okay for his voice to be used as Darth Vader in future projects. He okayed it. It's for this specific project. I don't have a problem with it. He's being compensated. He agreed to that compensation. But the issue that was being discussed was, of course, them scanning behind the scenes. Well, not behind the scenes. Uh, background. That's the word. Actors. And continuing to use them in different projects that they didn't sign on for and not paying them for those. The residuals thing, also, they're actually going to be doing residuals for streaming, which is great. One of the whole reasons I wanted to join the union was so I could get projects that have residuals because that's where the money is, or at least where it was before all of this. It's something that is going to give us a lot to build off of in three years when they see, okay, this is how it's been working for the past three years. Here's what's been working. Here's what still needs to be done. I'm happy and I'm interested in seeing next year where IATSE and the animation guilds, where all those negotiations end up and how quickly they resolve. I'm just happy with everyone. I've been watching Will Wheaton's updates and his reactions to the studios wanting to just scan everybody and just use everybody whenever he was like we're never going to agree to that but the expression and the way he expressed that was just and i'm sitting there going i can't believe they wanted to do that i'm just happy that there is an agreement and eventually we'll get new content yeah, I'm glad the strike is over for that very reason, because it was going to be a pretty sporty spring as it was. And at least for us here, <laughs> eventually we're going to end up running out of X-Men Evolution content at some point. So it'd be nice to have some other content to jump into. But there's Wolverine and the X-Men next. Well, this is general, genuinely like I, I really liked that show. Yeah, so Deadpool 3 has been pulled off the schedule completely. So, for instance, I, I'm worried about projects that we were looking forward to that were in process that are now just going to be completely canceled. So far, it looks like Deadpool 3 is of that ilk, but we'll see. And then I'm also worried about what happened after the last writer strike, where things were just terrible for a couple of years in the writing department and everything. Balsar Galactica is brought up every, uh, once in a while by one of the shows that was affected by the writer's strike. So I'm worried about that sort of thing happening. I hope that they would just take their time with things, especially because more of the effects are on the streaming side of the house or more of the customers are on the streaming side of the house versus on the linear television side of the house. I mean, 
linear TV is ruined now, in my opinion, anyway, because all you have is sports and reality shows, really, that's worth watching, even if you think it's worth watching, not for me. We also have in CIS and Law and Order, they will not die. Hey, in all fairness, the Law and Order series is a way that a lot of Broadway actors have earned their SAG cards. And we've been talking about creative teams that have some experience with NCIS or Law and Order over the time as well. We just didn't cover the creative teams on uh, Loki season two here. I found out that Mark Harmon, talking about NCIS, I didn't realize this, has been married for like 37, 38, 39 years to Pam Dawson of Mork and Mindy fame. I did not Ooh. realize that. So today I learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also looking at the streaming side of things, I'm honestly a little bit surprised that the strike didn't keep going on because it's not like I ran out of things to watch. There's so many things, so many different avenues. And I'm like, obviously I'm happy that the actors were able to get something that worked out and the union was able to get something that works or at least are close to getting something that works. But there's so much content out there. You don't have the same pressures like you had back when streaming was not an option yet. One theory that I've seen is that the studios have been trying to do the AI scripts and AI actors thing in the meantime. And when they were getting, when they started getting those dailies back was when they were like, okay, this isn't going to work. Again, it's, it's a conspiracy theory, but given the timing of stuff. I swear I saw a commercial and I can't remember what the commercial was for, but it was a dude getting on a bus. And I swear to Crom, the dude on the bus was AI. Swear it was AI. I was like, that does not look right at all. The acting does not look right or anything. So just my two cents is like, if that's a commercial of their attempt to start this whole thing, it did not go well, in my opinion. That mm, back there is not real. <laughs> No, it wasn't that, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next time we'll be coming back with the Marvels. And in the meantime, Michelle, what are we going to be doing? We are going to watch time pass on our way out. Thank you everybody for listening and communicating back with us on how you thought about Loki over on the Discord server in the spoiler channel. We appreciated all the back and forth that was going on back there. So thank you very much. And you can find that at getageek.com slash Discord. I'd like to thank all of our listeners. As we've mentioned, there is a lot of content out there. And the fact that you take some of your day to listen to us, and especially all the way to the end, we appreciate every single one of you. Thank you to SP, Chris, and Michelle for just being amazing and being here and doing all of this. And I really, really, really missed you guys. Doing this is just so much fun and having Lauren back for it. You could just tell, at least I could, that there was some perspective we were missing throughout this entire series. And now we have it back. Also, Tom Hiddleston, you're welcome to come on the show anytime. Anytime. Oh, any But you have to talk time. with your natural any British accent. Anytime. <laughs> yeah, we're not going <laughs> to. I know you're in a committed relationship and apparently you're a dad now. That's amazing. But 
just for a moment, we just all want to look at you. And then we'll have great, interesting questions for you for and everything. <laughs> just so you know that, just so you warn. And look, we can go to museums and admire the art and not take it home. I'm just saying. Or read the phone book. I don't care. Tom, I'd love to talk to you about <laughs> your acting and your history of the character as well. It's not all your looks and everything. Although, I mean, if I'm going to cross the street, sane. All right. Until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris. See everybody next time. The Marvels. Bye. Bye. It's going to be marvelous. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Who's got it because of? Let's get that one out of the way. I've got one. Okay, Chris called Dubs. It will do. Wait, you say Dubs with a U? <laughs> I've no. always heard Dibs with an I. No, okay, yeah, I said you got Dibs. I said you got Dibs. I no, think. He's got Dubstep. No. Oh, okay, whatever. I just thought we were going to have a cool regional difference in slang. Not today, my friend. Not today. <laughs> All right. Where do we want to start the discussion today, folks? Is this the best time loop episode? Is it a time loop episode? We know it's a time travel episode. I think we should debate about, is this a time loop episode? And then compare it to Groundhog Day? You know there's more than Groundhog or Day. That, or yeah, okay, no, no. Of SG1. I, I have a better reason. We had our customer appreciation day party thing yesterday, and Bill Murray was there, and I was so close I could have licked him. Dude. Why didn't you? Because that would have been gross. Stranger things have happened to the man. I mean, he's Lord Chiron. <laughs> and He's coming out with a new Ghostbusters movie. Oh, is he going to be in it? Yeah, I, well, according to the preview that I saw, sure looked like it. Are they pretending the one that had all women in it didn't happen? Seems like. That one wasn't bad. I was rewatching it the other day. It's a fun movie. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. I really like it. I have it's no specific flawed, reason why fun. I haven't seen it. I just haven't. I think there are some deleted scenes that should have made it because they were funnier than some of the scenes that made it. I saw it once. I don't think I'll see it again. Doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, there's so much out there to watch. And I'm old, so, you know, so little time. I still haven't seen that one that came out with Paul Rudd. 
that's what yeah. this is the continuation of that one. Yeah. Yeah, neither have I. I'm not in a huge rush. It's actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be walking into it. It was actually really good now that I remember. I've heard it's pretty emotional, uh-huh. but yeah. like it's one of those if it's on a streaming service that I have, then maybe I'll eventually. <laughs> Oh, God, there's so much I'm behind on, and I really, really lately want to rewatch Spartacus and Rome. When did the... When did 2023 WGA strike start? May 2nd. So... It's 118 days, right? Yep. From the WGA strike? No, it's 193 days from the WGA strike. So we've been without new content in the works for 193 days. Does anybody feel like they're missing something from their entertainment? No. no. I've got so much to watch between Koreans shows to I've gotten into Dimension 20 stuff. Oh, Dimension 20 is so fun. Um, My family just started their new season. I just binged Lower Decks. I need to catch up. The people that I watch Star Trek with don't feel like watching Star Trek lately. So it's like, I'm just going to have to watch this on myself like Star Wars, aren't I? Which, that's also something I'm still catching up on. See? Yeah. Time. I'm halfway through The Witcher, which was uh, 2019. I still haven't seen season three. Season one of Witcher, I'm halfway through. Not all. Season one was good. Yeah. Season two, season two had good points. I was thinking about dropping Netflix, so I'm just going over all the stuff that's on Netflix that I want to drop. And this is how much of The Witcher I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I dropped HBO Max because it was like I know there were a couple of shows on there I was watching and they ended, but it was like I completely forgot about them and I wasn't watching them and I didn't really care. I've been watching so, Dark Winds on there, which is really good. Zon McLarnan's the lead. Yeah, maybe someday I'll pick it up again, but it's just too expensive with commercials. And oh yeah, Prime is now going to charge to watch <sighs> commercial less, like three bucks a month or something like that. I'm like, I give you enough money already. You <sighs> very very mad about that one. Yeah. There's just so much to watch on everything that I'm just trying to niche down what services that I actively am watching. Because I have them all because of the family. Everybody's started watching. But now that they're starting to do that geo IP address stuff, it's like, okay, if it's only me watching it, then I don't have the need to keep all these services. So. Yeah, Yeah, I've got two other people in the household. My mom does watch like Paramount and Peacock and Amazon and plus her British shows on Amazon. I pay for a couple of the other things and because she loves that stuff and she's my mom and it balances out (laughs) some of the food she gets. So... It all works out in the end. But yeah, n- none of us were really watching HBO enough. 
And it's like, I will drop that. Because I also got like Crunchyroll and like I said, Dimension 20. Mm-hmm. I picked that up and like I did both seasons of Fantasy High. <laughs> I did the Drag Queens, Dungeons and Drag Queens. That was hilarious. Mischief and Magic was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, that was. Legally Distinct. Yes. I've heard really good things about the Burrow one that's currently ongoing. Yes. Yes. I need to watch that one. Of the Eingar. Eingar yes. is just... Uh, she's going to be GMing for Candela Obscura on Crit Roll, and that's another thing I need to catch up on. Mm. I got a new computer tower. It's just real excited. I don't know why that reminded me. I got a new computer tower. It's one of those be quiet ones. Yeah. Uh-huh. So as soon as I finish this current book, because I don't want to alter the way it sounds in the middle, I'm going to be switching it out and I can't wait to twerk, tweak, twerk, tweak my twerk audio with settings. your computer? Yes, All I right. I want to see a video of that. <laughs> my, my mixer and preamp are going to twerk. This year, I've added a Hogwarts train inflatable. So, you know, Christmas and trains. I'm like, okay, Hogwarts train. That's good. I've added a X-Wing, inflatable Ooh. X-Wing to the display. And I've added Garland around. I've al- already bought this. It's not out yet. I've added Garland around my light post, my front yard lamp post, and then different colored lights for the porch and the garage door and the lamppost. So the house will have green lights on it. The lamppost will have red lights on it. And the garland has colored, multicolored lights on it. All LED so that I don't uh, waste a lot of electricity. My best friend has an inflatable Millennium Falcon for Christmas. So that's going to be going up in the next, after Thanksgiving, I think. I saw that and I wasn't, it just didn't look right to me. It looked like it was loaded a little bit too much and not proportioned yeah, it's, correctly it's kind of a chonker but it's cute okay. have you seen the blow up house the bouncy house the millennium falcon blow up bouncy no. house? yeah search for it you'll find it okay it's a millennium falcon blow up bouncy house so sp are oh. you watching hawkeye instead of your hallmark movies for christmas i haven't turned on hallmark at all this year <sighs> Uh, I know. It's not allowed. What? Wow. Is it not allowed for me to not watch Hallmark? Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably eventually turn out. I've been busy, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to take the holiday season off this year. One of the many, many reasons. You know, my daughter is due on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. We went out to dinner last night, and she's, she's definitely... I didn't want to say damn girl, but you know, she's definitely her figure is, is not huge, but her stomach is yeah. huge. No, it like I, the same thing happened with my sister. It was like, Oh my God, there's just, there's a whole person in there and you can tell right now. Yeah. I don't know how it's coming out. That uh, It just, mm. just looks like the baby is going to be on the bigger side. So she might end up having an emergency C-section. We'll see. I found out a wrestler that I like was 15 pounds when he was born dang yeah that's um he wasn't a sensation was his mom an amazon uh she's bulgarian Mm -hmm. okay yeah 
and like not a C-section. Like how? Oh God. (laughs) Yeah, no, it just, ah. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2023.